This is Beth. And this is Jeff. And this is your Enneagram Coach, the podcast, where we're here to help you to understand yourself with astonishing clarity so that you can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. Well, welcome back, friends. And in this episode, I'm talking to a few of our certified Enneagram coaches about what it's like to be an Enneagram coach. I know that some of you may be considering taking our Become an Enneagram Coach program, so I wanted to give you a chance to hear firsthand from a couple of coaches who are using the Enneagram in their current coaching practices. So that's right. So today we've got Brandon Wilson, Danielle Smith, and our Director of Coaching, Adam Breckenridge, to talk about their journey about becoming an Enneagram Coach and how they use it in uh, various ways. Uh, So Brandon, Danielle, Adam, welcome, and thank you so much for being willing to join us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hello. Thanks for having us. So let's get started by you guys telling us a little bit about yourself, your type, your job, your family, and where you're living right now. So Brandon, let's start with you first. Yeah, sounds good. So I'm up north of Seattle in a little town called Marysville, Washington. I guess it's not that little. But uh, yeah, I've been up here uh, since 2009. I moved up here to plant a church with some friends of mine. And um, as far as my family is concerned, a lot of them live in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I'm, my, I myself, I'm a single fella, not married. And so... Um, but I own a, a company, uh, it's a wholesale food production company, and we provide. So a big thing up here in the Northwest, at least in the Seattle area, is these drive-through coffee stands. I don't know if you guys, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't yeah. think they exist in Nashville. I didn't I know, know that coffee, do. I didn't know that coffee was a big deal in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, that, that's been, it's kind of part of the folklore. We do actually have one, and it's like an Airstream. You know, okay. Like, yeah. Is that what you're talking about? It's like just it's, little it's huts and parking these tiny lots? little huts that are like nine by six huts, and they're almost on every street corner. And I mean, can you imagine uh, working at their coffee? I, yeah, you just stand in this tiny hut and make coffee all day. But uh, so I provide my company. We provide food for those espresso stands, oh, so people drive through okay. and they buy our food. So oh, I do that. Okay, I thought I think, you were like it was like kindness, like delivering food to prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> like we we. <laughs> They're in their little to the cell. Staff, to the staff that's working there. God, I mean, even I the even the food truck people, like, I always feel like they're hunched over and they're trying to cook right, yeah. and small cramps. Like, I can't imagine in a small coffee stand, but I, I'm, I'm thankful for your generosity and kindness yeah, to feed no, yeah. them. I have a really kind, big heart. It's pretty great. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so we provide that for their guests as they drive through. Yes. And so I do that, but I've been using the Enneagram for uh, years and years now. I had some friends move up. And, um, uh, I learned about it. I don't even know, maybe 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, but I've been using it with my staff for the last, um, six years. And so, um, it's been really, really helpful and, uh, I've just really enjoyed it. That's, That's awesome. Brandon. Well, thanks. Ooh. Danielle, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Um, Danielle Smith, I'm married and have two kiddos. I've got a, a fourth grade girl and a sixth grade boy. And I'm actually originally from the Northwest. I played a lot of soccer in Marysville. So, um, but I won't tangent. Yes, you know of Marysville. <laughs> I do. I love it. But I, I live in Franklin, Tennessee now. Um, been here for about 20 years. I am a type nine and it took me forever to land on that type. So I've thought I was at least half of the types on the Enneagram for a season or two, Um, but did land with nine with one wing, more the social um, subtype. 
And I actually get the privilege of being a full-time coach, which is the best. I get to spend my day with people helping them transform their lives. And I really just can't imagine anything else that I would love more than that. So that's... Now, yeah. most of... Or- You've been on a podcast before, I believe, but many people would know, like you have been crucial to uh, helping us create your Enneagram coach and yes. uh, all those original courses. I mean, she was there from the beginning, the when, it beginning. Was, mm-hmm. when it was a thought and a car ride to business <laughs> boutique. Uh, yes. was, um, yeah, before there was a twinkle in Beth's eye. It yes. has um, been an adventure and so, so fun. So fun. Yeah. Yes. And it's just been really fun to also just watch you kind of transition from kind of helping us on the back end to actually mm-hmm. launching your own full-time coaching practice. And of course we, we miss you on this side of things because mm-hmm. you know, you just, you offered so much value in like every sphere, but I also know that you're killing it with your clients, mm-hmm. which just makes my heart so happy. Thank so, you. It's we're so glad you're here. So bittersweet. I, I miss being with y'all. What felt like 24 seven. And sometimes when we were traveling 24 seven, it was, um, but then I'm like, <laughs> so darn it. Healthy growth path of a nine. Doing their own thing, so it is. It is. It is both. You know, both wonderful, and I miss y'all, Adam. I mean, you've shared a little bit about your life, but why don't you share uh, again for anyone who's new listening in? And uh, yeah, yeah, let's give a brief recap. Yeah, so uh, my wife Carrie and I actually um, got to be on the podcast a couple weeks ago. So maybe you heard her voice, um, her sweet Southern voice. Um, and so we've been married 15 years. We have three daughters. Um, we spent a great chunk of time in Kansas city, um, which feels like another home. And now we are uh, back in the area that we grew up in Northeast Arkansas. Um, and so, uh, been using the Enneagram for years. We'll talk, we'll talk more about that here in a little bit, but, um, I don't know if I said I'm a type six, uh, a little more in that uh, counterphobic uh, one-to-one type of a lane. And, uh, and then in my job, I, 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 I get the privilege of working with our coaches as director of coaching. I have impossible shoes to fill because Danielle used to be the director of coaching. <laughs> so, but yeah. I, she, she, she paved the way and has helped me so much. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and our coaches obviously still love you uh, and respect you like crazy, Danielle. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but I just get to continue the work that um, that she was doing with our coaches, and that's uh, that's kind of how I'm spending my my time. Yeah, well, thanks guys so much for being here. We're so excited just for everyone to hear what it's like about you know what it's like to coach. But before we jump in, I just love for you guys to talk about how you heard about the Enneagram and what change actually happened within you personally, but then how that got you moving forward to want to become a coach. So Danielle, let's start with you. Yeah. So I actually heard about the Enneagram 20 some years ago. Um, I had a mentor named Marilyn Vansel, who happens to now Mm -hmm. be an Enneagram author. Um, And I I remember her mentioning it. I didn't really think much of it. But then when I moved to Tennessee, I was in a Sunday school class where a bunch of them were all into the Enneagram. So bought the book, read it, totally thought I was a type two, which I wasn't. (laughs) But it was still Mm -hmm. so helpful just to kind of have those aha moments like, you know, people are different, but when you start to have more of an understanding of how and why it can be so clarifying. 
And then I would say over the years, like, you know, there were there were different touch points with it. I remember coming across um, an app like test you could take online. So it was kind of the party mm-hmm. trick that you're with work friends like, hey, let's all take this and, and see. And yes. so that kind of phase of it. But um, I would say within the last probably seven years, it really kind of came on the forefront of my life um, again more and started paying more attention and really trying to understand myself. I was, you know, knocking on the door of 40 going, who the heck am I? What am I supposed to do with my life? Which led, you know, to the Enneagram and finding answers. So I eventually um, landed on type nine, which was very clarifying, but Again, there were touch points at type one and seven and five, which means I just learned a heck of a lot about the Enneagram, which was helpful, you know, eventually <laughs> in becoming so a coach. Cause I've like, oh yeah I've, yeah, I've lived as a one for a couple of years. I get that. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, so true. Yeah. Well, Adam, what about you? How did you hear about it and start diving in? Yeah, so I think I've shared the story before, but I, you know, I, I hit the wall as a pastor, and um, and then I, I started working with a spiritual director, uh, therapist, mentor, all of the above, um, named Rich Plass, uh, and and his friend and partner Jim Cofield, um, and they began to work with me and introduce me to the Enneagram, and I. So the, Carrie and I went and did like a marriage intensive, like a four day intensive with them. And um, mm-hmm. she discovered that she was a nine. I discovered that I was a six and I like, I had, I immediately knew that I was a six. So when I, mm. when I took the assessment and began to read uh, my results and read about a type six, I, I knew that I was a six. I, I, I immediately had this clarity that, oh, I'm not angry. I'm afraid. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I didn't like that. I didn't like that. So I didn't really want to be a six. I'm, I'm learning to be comfortable <laughs> in my six skin. I think there's a lot of gifts and beauty that a six has to offer, but. Well, your um, wife thinks you're very sexy. Oh, she <laughs> yeah, I, I am sexy and I know it. Uh, so, that's right. That's right. Um, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a little bit about my journey. And then from there, it's just, it's been a journey of, you know, the Enneagram. I think there's always the temptations to use it as a, a shield or a sword, but me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've fought against those temptations and it has been, it's continued to be a tool for deeper and richer appreciation um, and, and application of the gospel in my life and in my marriage, um, which is and I, you know, why I wanted to use it as a coach and use it in my ministry. So that's, that's a little bit about my story of kind of how I came into discovering my type. Yeah. Great. Brandon, what about you? You know, I first heard about the Enneagram from some friends of mine uh, who actually, I was living in Phoenix at the time and they moved up here to Seattle and they were going to the Seattle school of theology and psychology. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they started to, to talk about this thing. And, and it was definitely like, uh, like you said, Daniel, like very party trick ish the way that, mm-hmm. you know, they were like, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm an eight. I'm just a jerk. Like you're Aww. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means obviously at the time. 
But you are. But you are. I was thinking. Let's be honest. I was thinking. Let's be honest. I totally would have said that. Not that all eights are jerks. But he's not an eight. That's right. No, he was saying that someone else I know. was. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's so, a nine. I mean, nines can be jerks. I know. We're never. Awesome. I've never once been a jerk <laughs> or mean in my entire life. Uh, no. Uh, so I had heard about it from there, and then um, when I moved up here in, in 2009, um, actually, I really started to dive into podcasts and stuff like that. And I was listening to a podcast of a, a guy who's being interviewed who was a nine. And it was like he was saying things that I had never spoken outside of my physical body. And it was, it was so confusing to me because I, I remember I was just, I was putting away laundry while I'm listening to this podcast and I'm laughing. Then I'm angry. Then I'm crying. And I'm just like, what is happening inside of me right now? I'm so confused. Yes. And, uh, it was so, it was so weird. It was like this guy had known me my entire life. Mm-hmm. And, and so it really, I was like, I need to know more information about this because yeah. this is like spooky almost, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's like so someone has like a, camera inside you know and they're or they're reading your internal diary is like whoa absolutely and when i've when i've sat down with clients and we we find their type and we start to talk about some of their stuff you know they just start to like their skin starts to crawl and they start to hug themselves it's like <laughs> i feel so vulnerable right now yes. with this yeah. person in this room and how do you know these things about me uh what magic are you using and so uh it it has been um it was really transformative for myself. And so, and then honestly, uh, just through YEC, this, the accessibility of everything. And that was when we were still, um, uh, in our church plant and I was, I was running a volunteer team of, uh, 60. And so it was just really helpful to be able to at least have an idea of like, okay, I know how to, I know how to approach this person with grace and compassion and empathy from where they could be coming from. And it's just been unbelievably helpful. Oh, that's so good to hear. Well, yeah. you know, what I love about the Enneagram and especially watching all of our coaches come into our program, our certification program is that we all have these stories just like you guys have, like where we were introduced to the Enneagram. We found our type at some point or another, right? <laughs> some of us faster than others. But then we really saw the transformative work in our own lives and how the Enneagram can really bring clarity to what's going on, why we keep stumbling over things and, you know, our growth path. Um, and then we have this desire, man, this has really helped me and I'd love to pass it on to the next person. And, but a lot of people get stuck there. They're like, well, I don't know what to do with this. And so you guys have found, you know, your Enneagram coaches certification program and then accessed it and used it. So what I'd love to do now is like, what made you to decide to take your Enneagram learning and experience to that next level and becoming a coach? And what does the, what does Enneagram coaching look like for you? Like, how are you actually using your certification these days? So uh, Brandon, let's start with you. We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. 
Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I was, I had this volunteer staff. We set up this volunteer run coffee shop out of our, out of our church. And so, uh, and it wasn't just a Sunday morning thing. Like it was a, it was a coffee house in our town. And that was the only place that people could sit down and have coffee before Starbucks moved in, which makes me sound old, but it wasn't that long ago. I promise. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we had the staff of people and trying to navigate, people alone is difficult enough. Right. But then I've got a volunteer staff of 60. A lot of them are early twenties and, uh, I'm trying, I've never done this before. And so I'm trying to figure out how do I connect with these people? How do I make them care about their jobs when I'm not paying them any money? Right. (laughs) So, uh, in order to give them passion and purpose and meaning, it was a, it was a, it was a really simple, easy way, in my opinion, to get to know people very quickly and then and then be able to motivate them in a way that really mattered to them and so uh, that was really how i started and then as i kept going people are people kind of kept coming to me um and saying like they just were asking my opinion hey i'm thinking about doing this in my life what do you think i should do Mm -hmm. and i'm like wow well well, if i was you i would do this or you know whatever and i it kind of kept happening over and over again and i was like man i really like this i really enjoy being able to like come alongside somebody and say, mm-hmm. yeah, this makes sense. Or actually, you know what? This seems like a negative behavior that we could probably figure out how to talk about. And then let's move forward with that, with something else, because this isn't going to be helpful. And I just really found a lot of light and life in that for myself. And so um, when, when the, the YEC coaching program was kind of announced cuz I've been I've been around for a while just kind of in the background mm-hmm. watching and I I probably have every version of everything that you guys have ever put out. <laughs> um so uh <laughs> and so once that was announced I was like man I don't know and finally one of my friends was like no you need to do this cuz mm-hmm. in my nineness I was like nah who yeah. am I to do this you know I, I I'm not anybody that anybody should listen to. Right. And then, and once I did it, I was so, I was just really overjoyed and really proud. And so I've been able to use it and I'm hoping to make that my regular thing here. Yeah. Well, and just tell us a little bit about, you know, like your website and what, what you're doing with it right now. Yeah. So, um, well, one of my big things was I, I did some trades early on when I first like got my certification um, just because I didn't have any cash. Uh, and so I was like, Hey, 
I have a friend of mine who's gone through StoryBrand, and he's actually a StoryBrand guide. Nice. And so, um, and if anybody doesn't know, there's a web uh, a company called StoryBrand uh, with Don Miller, and it's just a it's a really great uh, company and, and marketing collateral. It helps you with a lot of that. And so, I traded with him, and I coached him and his wife, and got them their types. They thought they were uh, a four a four and a two or something. And they ended up being a one and a five. And so they, they were close, but almost not close at all. And so, but once I was able to, you know, uh, once we, uh, we found those out and they just, they found it extremely helpful. And so I traded that with him and he helped me write copy for my website and helped me kind of get really specific on what my, what my tagline could be. What's my, uh, my niche. He helped me with my email marketing and my all that collateral and that kind of stuff and so it really was helpful for me to kind of I mean, get focused. You guys have got to take a look at this website. Uh yes. it's aim and anchor aim and anchor coaching.com. Is that right? And yes, I mean yeah. when we when we found out about you and the work that you were doing and took a look, I mean Brandon has done such an excellent job. And and I think it speaks to something as well whenever people see um like how am I going to pay for this certification? Right. It's story after story of, man, you feel this passion and calling. You know that it's valuable enough. And so yeah. you just start bartering your way into a business. Yeah. And yep. so it's. Well, that's it, what we did. I mean, you figure it out, man. You got to stay scrappy. The Your Enneagram Coach logo was a barter. I uh, right. was a friend with, um, actually, you knew her first, but um, she wanted to be coached and I needed a logo and she was a graphic designer. And so we. Together we met and we came up with the logo and I right. couldn't be more happy with it. So yeah, and, and a lot of people I guess are listening that are interested in coaching. I think this is such a valuable insight is that, you know, if God is calling you to this, if God is calling you to serve others, he will move mountains. You know, we have to trust and we have to be open minded to all the different ways that this can uh, be possible. So I'm so excited, Brandon, that you took that opportunity, you blessed them, they blessed you. It's such a wonderful story. So yeah, people want to just see yeah. your stuff. Yeah. Aim and anchor coaching.com. So just check it out and to see what a coach can, can do through bartering. It's really remarkable. So Danielle, what about you? Uh, what made you decide to take it to the next level? Cause you were with us this whole time. Mm -hmm. And I know you had the burning desire to come alongside people, but what made you decide to take it to the next level? And then what are you actually doing with it right now with the certification? Yeah. So, you know, for me, I was, I think I mentioned, you know, I was hitting my forties and kind of going like, what am I doing with my life? I still don't know. And as I was kind of doing my own work, I started to see like what I was really passionate about. And I knew it was always like getting into people's lives in a very deep way. So obviously, the Enneagram is an incredible tool for transformation and change. So you know, start working with you and I'm super passionate about, okay, what you're doing and how do we grow that. And then, of course, you know, I'm like, well, I really want to be a coach too. Like in many ways it felt like coming home, you know, that's what I've been doing my whole life, you know, but it just looked like youth ministry, being on staff with young life, yes. working at a church, even when I was doing photography, it's like, I deeply wanted to build trust with someone, help them feel comfortable mm -hmm. and, and really figure out what was most important for them and wrestle in those big things. So as much as I loved what I was doing, I think there was a deeper love that was emerging where I was like, I want to be doing what Beth's doing. I want to sit across from someone and coach them. And the opportunity came to be 
certified and then to be able to do that, you know, put myself out there as a coach and then the clients started coming and I got to start coaching and then it really grew to, you know, the point where I was able to go more full time with it. But it really just started, I mean, I, you know, it's so cliche nine, but there was just this gut instinct of this is what I'm supposed to do. This is where yes. I come alive. And one thing that was significant for me as I've kind of looked, you know, I struggle with decisions, but as I look mm-hmm. back at the most significant decisions in my life, you know, who I wanted to marry, having children, there was this common thread behind them. And it was like, I wanted it. This was something I loved that I wanted. And while that could feel selfish, um, it's been so beautiful to see how there, it was so far from being selfish, like that, that those desires right. were there because God put them there. So really yes. my going to the next level was because I felt like I should, and I, I wanted to, and, and I did it. And, um, yeah, yeah. so I, I always tell people, you know, as a nine, I needed to realize that I was hoarding my mm. gifts and talents. You know, that's, mm, if that's I well said. It, yeah, if I paint it in that light, then I'm like, Oh, wait, that's the opposite of what I'm wanting to do. Like, I want, I want to bless people. But as a nine, we think, Oh, I should keep these things from people because they don't really want them. But yeah. when you recognize, no, I'm hoarding blessings from them, I'm keeping it from them then I want to open up my heart and my hands and give to them what the Lord wants. And so, so excited to hear, mm. you know, just again, from two nines, because uh, actually most of our, a lot of our coaches, I should say not most, a lot of our coaches are type nines. Um, yeah. And so I know there's a lot of people out there listening that are type nines, and they're probably sitting there thinking the same thing, like, well, who am I? No one's going to really want me to do it. Or I don't know if I can come over the hurdles I have. And just hearing from you guys um, really just means a lot that mm-hmm. God works and moves in us to bless others. Adam, what about you? How did you, you know, get into it and why did you take it to the next level? Yeah. So I had a mentor that um, used to say consistently, you know, what, what, what God does to you, he will do through you. And it's one of these things where the, the work of Christ was so powerful Brandon, you mentioned earlier, like people wanting to hug themselves and feeling very vulnerable. And um, yeah. I, for me, my initial discovery of the Enneagram is felt, felt like I was living inside Psalm 139. It, I felt like the spirit of God was searching me and knowing me, like mm-hmm. he was noodling around in my soul and provoking all these places that he knew were there, but I wasn't conscious, consciously aware mm-hmm. of these things. So it was a very vulnerable thing, but it was so redemptive. And it was so powerful and so beautiful that, like you said, Beth, I felt like I had been given a, a gift. And um, it, someone once said, it's, it's, it's better to give than to receive. Uh, I think that was Jesus. So I just felt like I need to give. I need to. That was a joke. For our listeners, that was, that's called sarcasm. Um, I love Six's sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah. Most of the time. Obviously, most Jeff of the time. knows that. This is not about our marriage, Beth. <laughs> Golly, why did you just bring them into our kitchen? You're, you're, you're sitting here with three coaches right now. Let's talk about this. Let's yeah, do. I was about to say, what do we Let's need to talk right about, in. you guys? I am not going to be. I am not going to be confronted you by a bunch of have, a horde of nine. Okay, here's to be fair with everyone. Listen, you, it would be very gentle. You have, very gentle. 
Yes. You have a really great sense of humor, but as you know, which others don't know, growing up, I was teased a lot with a lot of sarcasm. Why are we still talking about this? Because this is not. We're, it's it's let's, here. Let's it. And this so I'm just giving everyone a heads Adam, up. Adam, back off. <laughs> so why I'm saying that, it's easier to hear Adam's sarcasm. Yes. Anyway. Yes, it is true. It, it, oh it, is, it is a part of the toolkit of the six. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, is using sarcasm and all and of its nuanced and, ways. Yes, and we can, is, we can use it in life-giving ways to help us build healthy attachment and connections, and we can also use it in very self-protecting ways. So we'll save I mean, that. You for and I episode. use it in very healthy ways because we connect <laughs> I think with so. one another. Oh, yeah, very so healthy. Yeah. I, I, if our wives would just understand the, the depth of the humor, um, we would have such a more intimate marriage. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. Uh, redirect. That's so good. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, the, the short of it is, uh, yeah, I, I immediately had a context for using the Enneagram and using my certification because I was in vocational ministry. So, you know, I have this context as a pastor, so I, I'm. Mm-hmm. It comes out in my teaching, which, by the way, I realized after discovering my type how sexy my teaching was, because mm-hmm. I, I can go back and look at sermon manuscripts and I can see me talking a lot about being safe in Christ and security in Christ and a secure identity in Christ and the stability that he offers as a strong foundation. Like, I mean, that's all over my my teaching, uh, and so. You know, it started to come out. I started to kind of teach to different types. Uh, I, I, you know, led Enneagram workshops and ch- for church staffs and for our church. And I, I built a spiritual formation plan for each type, and um, obviously one on one pastoral counseling, couples counseling, and spiritual direction, that sort of thing. But then, what I began to notice, kind of like um, you were saying, Brandon, I started getting other coaches and other pastors. Uh, who, you know, coaches need coaches and pastors need pastors and therapists need therapists. And I, I started having other pastors and coaches come to me and talk about their burnout, talk about their frustration, talk about things they didn't feel like they had a safe place to, sh- to share. And I never asked for that and never, you know, I, I never would have created that for myself. But I, this niche sort of began to emerge where I started doing a lot of coaching with other pastors and other coaches um, and of course, now I get to, I have the privilege and the joy of, of working and serving with a, a lot of our coaches. Um, and so mm-hmm. that's, that's sort of, that's sort of how I, like what motivated me to take it to the next level. And I guess that's kind of mm-hmm. how it's taken shape for yeah. me and how I'm using, using the certification now. That's great, Adam. Hey, thanks for, thanks for your sarcasm. I just want to honor <laughs> your gifting and God's calling on your life. And your willingness to use that for God's glory and our joy. My pleasure. Hey, so I remember a conversation that Beth and I had. Uh, I'm thinking it was around 2016. It may have been 2017. But we're sitting in Chewy's in Cool Springs. <laughs> and, <laughs> I already know where this is going. <laughs> and and Beth is starting to share a dream with me. I've been working on it quietly for a month. And about this dream of creating an Enneagram coaching business. Mm-hmm. H- had you started the certification program yet? No. No. So this would have been 2016. No, this was 2015. 2015. Okay. Even 
earlier. So she's telling about all these dreams and about the scale of an Enneagram coaching business. And I'm offering the best of who I am as a type six. <laughs> like Beth, these are great ideas, but there are a lot of things that need to happen in order for that dream to happen. Wow, this was before Ian Cron's book, The Road Back to You, and things really starting to take off. And Beth is like, I, we can do this. What, what was going on inside okay, of well, you? Yeah, context. So I've been working for Megan Hyatt Miller, um, who is the CEO of Michael Hyatt and Company right now. Um, and I got to see the work that they were doing behind the scenes and listen to all their stuff, listen to all the stuff they were recommending. So how to build I mean, a She was a personal and, assistant. She was cleaning their home, doing their grocery shopping, learning about how a vision yeah, it was for great how my, YEC was. my job. I could listen to podcasts or videos the entire time I was doing my job. So, so I at was the restaurant, it up. you're telling me like this, I think this could be a big deal. Oh, yeah. Like I had it all mapped out. I, I knew exactly the three steps. We didn't have it nailed down to what we do now is discover, explore, become. But it was those three steps. Um, and so I had the the grand vision of it. Um, and as a nine, that's a big deal. As you guys know, it's like, here, this is what we can do. Let, I'm going to go for it. And then the six comes in with, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Have you thought about this? Well, we can't we can't do it because, you know, because I was working part time. There was a lot of financial things going on. So Jeff was right, rightfully concerned, you know, like, don't don't step away from your job. Like, you know, and I'm like, I'm not. So but as a nine, any of that um, what ifs started to like make my heart go. Doo, 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 doo. And, and I have found personally <laughs> yeah. in, in that moment, like even my son has uh, addressed that in me when he was asking about doing a side hustle through college. Um, and we've shared a little bit about this before, but he just said, Hey dad, when I bring an idea to you, I, I know you're wanting to offer me your, your wisdom, your insight, your experience, but it actually kills my heart. And and that's tough, but that's that's Enneagram language. That's him saying like, "Hey, I'm a six, and so you're like a six multiplier, and so you you amplify my what ifs, and I just I lose hope." Well, I want to translate that into a question because not only do we face it on a daily basis, by the way, but it's something that we've learned to call head trash. It, it's it's such a provocative image, uh, this idea of head trash. Like there's just loose thoughts that are detrimental to us moving forward. If you can think of like a, a, a dirty college dorm room where you have to step over stuff to try to get to where you're going. And, but we all have head trash. Now other terms for this would be limiting beliefs, uh, imposter syndrome, and each type brings these false messages, both created ourselves also, but in relationship, maybe family of origin, or other experiences with other employers that we have owned, we have somehow grabbed onto uh, these negative thoughts that get in our way of becoming who God wants us to be. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really hard because we're, we're actually more committed to living out these false messages than we are to live out who Christ tells us who we are. Yeah, and and so it does take a sense of releasing yourself from a vow you've made that well I'm I'm just this mm -hmm. to actually coming alive to Christ. Well, what 
was happening in that situation with us is, you know, here, like I, you know, as a nine, I'm like trying to muster up all this courage to go, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. And though you were really trying to give, offer me the best of who you are and be mindful of all the things, all that said to me, because my head trash, one of the messages of a type nine is don't assert yourself. And literally, that's all I heard you say, even though that's not what you were actually saying. That's right. And so I interpreted everything you said through that lens and thought, oh, well, I guess I shouldn't do this. And yet there was this real tug in my heart of, but I want to, but it sounds like I better not, you know, and there's this push and pull with that. So Danielle, uh, if if you don't mind stepping up to the plate, like, uh, would I mean, this is the weird thing about the Enneagram, isn't it? That it, it quickly gets very personal and, but it's still like this party game and fun. So we can talk about it through the lens of our type, but these are, these negative beliefs mm-hmm. and patterns that come along with them are very deep. And so Danielle, tell us about your experience and what it is that you needed to overcome in order to become an Enneagram coach. Yeah. How much time do you have? I have a list. No. Um, yeah. So my, my initial response was, wow, like that's a lot of money. And more specifically, that's a lot of money to spend on me. You know, we had always pursued jobs out of passion, not for pay. And which meant, you know, at that time we were doing a lot of ministry jobs and things. So there wasn't a lot of money. So the thought of, you know, investing money on, myself. I, I mean, I could think of a million other ways we could use that. I think there were also thoughts of, I don't feel ready. You know, what will people think? But really below all of those, I would say those were kind of my surface level, you know, challenges or objections. I think deep down, it was really like, um, I knew, I knew it would work. I had seen, you know, I'd seen other people become certified and I knew, you know, I trusted Beth. I trusted the program, but it was like, I don't know that I trust myself. Is this something that I'll really follow through with? Because this will require myself to, I have to put myself out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's where I think I just had so much doubt that I'd never, would I ever really be good enough? Would I actually make the investment worth it? So those were some of the challenges I brought to the table. Um, I think there was this turning point for me, though, when I thought about the the ROI, the return on investment. And I was like, okay, let's be real. You know, how over the course of my life, I will for mm-hmm. sure make this back. If I give myself a longer time frame, then it's a no brainer. Like I will 100% get so much out of becoming a coach for me, like it will change my life at the very least, which how valuable is that? But then even if I help one person, even if I never charge to do this, the impact is there. So that was like, for sure, I live in a world with people, I'm very social, they're coming to me for wisdom and advice and help naturally. So what if I was actually equipped and I have my whole life to make this investment back? So um, that was a big one well, for you, me. Yeah. One, one question. Uh, and you mentioned this uh, about, uh, am I enough and showing up? Mm-hmm. Do you still face that belief today? Oh, all the time. Yeah. That's but, right. I mean, it's, yeah. It's um. Do you remember the the VeggieTale movie, the Rumor Weed? And every time they would share a gossip, the Rumor Weed would grow. Yes. There, there is yeah. a sense to where the false belief has less power. It feels less big, mm-hmm. but it 
it's still there. Yeah. And it's still talking. And even though you could have a, a fantastic day of coaching and lives are changed and then that one moment you're like, ah, there you are again. Yeah. Well, and, and that's where I tell, you know, having coached a lot of coaches, I tell them, you know, any, any time you level up or you do something new, your brain's going to have a tantrum. I mean, it is, it's Mm -hmm. wired to say no, it's wired to resist any change. And so it's, it's one of those, like you, you have to coach yourself more anytime you do something Mm -hmm. bigger because that's just Mm -hmm. part of the territory. So it, it almost has become you know, one of those things where I have to remind myself, you're playing, you're, you're playing all in, like you've moved from being the spectator of your life to really living more of uh, living more alive and going for bigger things. So it's, it's more that you're, you're challenging yourself. And that's why it's harder than it is about me. Because I think most of my life, I would make anything about me, you know, and, and just beat myself up, not ever really knowing it. But I think yeah. in that awareness, you know, you just become so much more clued in at what's going on and learn how to care for yourself better yes. and talk to yourself in a, in a more, you know, encouraging way. I, you know, one wing, I have that, that inner critic and that's been, you know, I am the most encouraging people in person to people in my life. And it was almost right. having to turn that on myself and say, how do I find my yes. inner encourager? And how do I look for all the evidence of the things that I actually have done and that it really takes courage more than confidence. I think I kept waiting to feel confident. Well, confidence comes after courage and trying it and doing it. So that's been a whole learn, but it's daily coaching and that will be for the rest of my life. Now, if I was just watching Netflix and eating chocolate, I wouldn't need to coach myself as much, but you're like, you're in something yeah, that, big. That's another form of coaching. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's funny. So. Um, well, Brandon, what about you? What, uh, what was your patterns of negative beliefs and limiting beliefs, head trash that you had to overcome in order to become a coach? Uh, you know, I think about, uh, the song, the nine song from Sleeping at Last, there's a line in there where he says, how can I forgive myself for losing so much time? Yep. Like every time I hear that line, it just, it, it, it's a good reminder to forgive myself because there's so many times where I have these, these moments where I just go like, how have you not been awake to yourself? Have you not uh, asserted yourself? Have you not spoken up? before now. Yeah. Right. Which isn't necessarily all that true, but it feels true in those moments. And so, uh, that, that line just, it sticks with me most days where I'm like, you've got to forgive yourself for who you are. Like, it's not just a waste of time. It's like, you're okay, man. And so, uh, and the way that I, I try to speak to myself is, or at least when I coach clients, we try to put a name to that, to that voice you know, for, mm. for everyone. And, and so what I say is I say, Hey, listen up, bud. And that's me letting me know like that, that voice isn't there. That's not, that's not me. Right. That is a limiting belief. And, um, I can forgive myself for, um, I don't act, actually, I don't have to forgive myself for being me. Like I can just enjoy being me and what I bring to the table. And I think, um, Beth, like what you said earlier, it's, it's, I'm, I don't want to hoard those things, right? Like I don't, 
and, and putting that in that perspective of going, instead of going, who am I to do this? I'm just some guy, right? That, uh, I actually have these things that have been gifted to me and, and who am I to hold those back? Like mm. I can really benefit people that people can really benefit from me. And that's evident by people just, you know, showing up at, at my house or at the church or at my business and going like, Hey, I really need to ask you a question because I don't know what to do. And again, like I wasn't asking for that either. And so all of a sudden people are just, um, they show up and, yeah. uh, you begin to give your voice to that. And so trying to navigate, uh, that, that specific thing for me has been huge. Yeah. You know, there's almost like in our family, we talk about it a lot and, how shame tends to spiral. So there's one recognizing that as a nine, that maybe you're not showing up into life or you've been a little more reserved, but then there's the contempt that the nine shows towards that part of their heart. Whenever Absolutely. Like, See, now I'm doing it again, mm-hmm. which amplifies the shame, which yep. and shame always isolates. We yep. always want to hide with shame. Mm-hmm. And then it's just this downward spiral you know, Bethy, you actually describe it as walking in cement, in wet mm-hmm. cement. But Brandon, I, I'm curious for you, what what has it been like to kind of come walk away from some of these shameful, critical beliefs about yourself? Well, I I, I wish I could say like the, that part of me is behind me. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think for any of us it ever is. But it is easier to to kind of self observe. And go, um, I think, you know, as I've read through uh, one of Richard Rohr's books on the Enneagram, it's just like the power to be self-observant and go, oh, I see that. It's not that I'm I'm taking that on that this is me, that um, I see that there. I say, oh, I notice, I notice that shame is there again. Um, And so, and honestly, sitting down with other people and realizing, you know, across the table with a client going like, yeah. Me too. Like I, we all have these things like this is not a special, unique thing to me. And so realizing that that's just part of life and going, I notice you, but I'm just going to keep moving forward. Uh, Daniel, I like what you said, like uh, confidence comes after courage and being a serial entrepreneur like I am, you just have to keep moving forward the very next step. And even if it's a half a step, um, just the next step forward is often the right next step because you can always pivot. Um, But you have to keep moving forward. I always tell people, I literally kind of like that self-observant. I have to like, almost like get behind myself and gently push because the Mm. nine, you know, the struggle with inertia, once we sit or, or not moving or not progressing in our own calling, it's really hard to get going again. Yeah. But I have to gently push and say, no, God has called you to this. And it is a blessing to others mm-hmm. when you use the gifts God has given you. And, you know, like Daniel said, there's that little tantrum that happens inside. But once I start taking those steps and living out my calling and watching the fruit that God does through me, I'm like, this is so exciting. This is like intoxicating. How I'm, mm-hmm. I always tell people, I go, being a coach is like the best job ever because I just get to be with people and observe God working in and through them and accelerating growth and it's just like how is this a job like this is so fun <laughs> yeah right i mean it's just yeah so it's crazy. so cool to see the light come on you know behind yeah. someone's eyes there's like oh my gosh yes and i know what to do next oh it's so well, fun let's kind of just 
bounce off of that kind of theme, can you guys share with us a transformational story that you've experienced with a client? And just to let our uh, audience know, like, what is this like to watch your clients experience that? So Adam, let's start with you. Yeah, so I, um, you know, the one the one that I, I love my go to, I think I've shared on the episode before is a, a couple that came into my office that sought uh, marriage coaching. And they had, they came to me the day they filed for divorce and said, you know, we've got 30 days until this thing is official. Um, but we decided, you know, we would give it one more shot. So we, and didn't we, they say they were going to give you a shot? We'll give you a chance to save our marriage. And I just, I literally <laughs> guys, I, this is for those of you listening and those of you who are coaches or becoming a coach, my, re- my response is probably not the go-to response, but I laughed in their face. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I, I mean, I laughed at the, at the, at the like hilarious, hilarious, hilarity uh, of, um, y- you know, the idea that I could save them. And, and they, for the record, it, it worked because they laughed too. And it softened like it was a, it was a place where their hearts begin to soften actually. And it, it trust immediately began to develop in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I did start coaching them. I took them, I introduced them to the Enneagram. They had never heard of it, didn't know what it was. And so they helped them discover their type and then introduced them to the dance, their dance. If you're familiar with, with, you know, why sees becoming us uh, content and uh, we walked through their dance and started to talk about how they get tripped up in their core motivations and their, instantly had a language to communicate with each other that they had never had. And, um, you know, we celebrated their 30th wedding anniversary, um, you know, a, a year later. Um, oh, and they're, awesome. still, they're still married. Yeah. So it was, it was it, it, you know, I, I know I've shared that story on the podcast before and there's others. I could, t- I could tell stories uh, uh, that uh, uh, just to brag on what Jesus has done and, um, the lives of other pastors and leaders that I've worked with, but that's, that's by far my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Brandon, Danielle, yeah. do you guys have a story to share? This is so hard mm-hmm. because I've coached all the types and it feels like, you know, pick your favorite child. I'm like, Oh, everyone's yes. journey is amazing. And I'll, you know, share this real brief, but like I've worked with a lot of nines who are like, I have no idea who I am. And then they just, you know, what I want to do with my life. And then they discover they want to be a coach. And then we coach them through the process of Mm. becoming a coach and doing that. And then they, you know, get certified and then they get their business launched and then they get their first client. So it's beautiful to go from the total fog to they are now, you know, living something that they've always dreamed about, but never thought they could do. And that might be the case with nines and with like wanting to lead a Bible study or start mentoring younger women. But I will say some of my favorites have been with type fours who come in either, you know, Mm. kind of with struggles relationally and feeling like they're the problem or, you know, that they just, they want to change these responses of blowing up, getting activated and then responding in a way they don't like. And it's so beautiful to walk that journey. And then, you know, you hop on a call and they start sharing their wins. They're like, I was in this moment where I always get activated and I could feel it. And I coached myself and I responded differently and the outcome is drastically different. And I can think of even one client who, you know, just perpetually thought she was broken, who, you know, now on her journey is in the middle of becoming a therapist. She realized Mm -hmm. like all these emotions, actually what she thought was her weakness 
mm-hmm. were actually her gift when she learned how to navigate them and use them. So it's so that's amazing, that's amazing. Yeah, to watch people take their weakness and, and help them see that it actually is their strength when they yes. know how to navigate yes. it. So those are a couple that come up that just, you know, there's just nothing better than watching that. Yes, I know. I try to tell people this all the time. This is the best job ever. Brandon, what about you? Uh, mine was actually, um, my favorite so far has been that actually the couple that I bartered with, um, mm-hmm. they had a really rough start to their marriage in that they lost their first kid. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and just the trauma that, that comes with that, um, little baby Weston and, um, and so they 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 had that and 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 he's a dear friend of mine and actually I went I flew down to Phoenix and and just kind of hung out with them uh for a week just to be present you know um and so that was years ago and and then they had their second uh baby Lucy Joe comes and and she also has some major health concerns um but she makes it through and so she just turned 2 actually last week which is fantastic but being able to give them language within their their relationship and their marriage um to talk to each other after such a hurt has been just a real joy for me because every once in a while I'll get a text from him and it just is like, man, I can't thank you enough for, for helping us out to help me understand why I go to the golf course for three hours, you know, at a time he's a five and he's like, I just go to chip and putt by myself. You know, that's his space. Um, and so just being able to go like, yes, I totally see that. I want you to do that, but maybe you don't need as much as you think you need. And maybe, actually what you need is to come back home and be present with her. And that was just a huge win for them. And so um, it was just really, really a, a, a light in my, my coaching journey for me. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Hey, well, last question. Um, and before we go, uh, is this, what would you say to someone who's on the fence about becoming an Enneagram coach? What's a couple of, bits of encouragement as we close out the show. I think the thing that I would want people to know is that your brain is naturally wired to say no. So if you're feeling resistance, that's normal. And so what I would challenge to do is, is really press into that and, and really ask those deep questions of, okay, what, what is holding you back? And explore those. And then I would, I always love to ask myself the question, like, do I like my reasons for whatever I'm coming up against? So, you know, if you're on the fence, you got one foot on either side. My reasons for saying yes, do I like them? Um, my reasons for saying no, do I like those? I know for me, often, like when I was looking at becoming a coach, my reasons for no were fear, insecurity, you know, so much lack. And when I looked at those, I was like, I don't love that. Now, for some people, it might be, you know, they like their reason for saying no. Maybe they're, you know, they've dreamed of being a firefighter and they want to serve people in that way. And they're, you know, toying with coaching, but maybe that's their bigger yes. But I know for a lot of people I've coached, it's usually doubt about themselves that's holding them back. And so what would you need to know to say yes? And I would also just challenge to say, what's the long-term value of, of this? Again, you know, if mm. most people kind of have this instant, like, 
I, I've got to make this successful, like in the two minutes after I certify, <laughs> but what would mm-hmm. it look like to look at your entire life of using these tools of growing into this? Um, what's the value of that? So that's where I would really, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, ask some of those questions and just challenge people to get really real with themselves about what's going on for them when they, when they entertain becoming a coach or not. Adam, you're going to, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I can't uh, say that any better. I- I'll mm-hmm. just, I'll just aim-, aim in that and affirm that and add to it that if some, if you're on the fence about becoming a coach, it means that something is pulling you toward the coaching mm-hmm. side of the fence, and it means that something is resisting, resistant to that. There's resistance, mm-hmm. and so I completely agree with Danielle about don't shame the resistance. Um, draw close to the resistant part of you and be very curious with that and begin to explore that. And if your resistance is around your weaknesses or things that you perceive to be as weaknesses, if it's around head trash, I don't know enough. Uh, I don't have what it takes. I don't have the skill. I'm, I'm going to fail. I'm going to, I'm going to be exposed. Um, if it's around those, those kinds of fears, uh, toxic fear and, and those kinds of uh, insecure um, fears, then I, I would just say, um, you know, th- that that's a place where Jesus wants to meet you. You know, that yeah. that's a, that's not a, that's not a thing about you that you need to fix before you can move forward, but it's probably actually the doorway mm. into your calling as a coach. Mm. Um, and I would, I would just invite you this is going to sound very sexy, but I think it's a human application for all of us. I would invite you into a journey of courage if that's you. Mm, and yeah. courage is, is not, not being afraid. Was it John Wayne that said courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway? It's like hmm. um, you can't be courageous if you're not afraid. So I, I would say that, um, and we, sometimes we like to talk, now I'm, now I'm preaching, I'm sorry, but like <laughs> sometimes, we, sometimes we like to talk about how fear is the opposite of faith. And I would argue with that and say that if you're not afraid, you don't have any reason to trust God anyway, because um, mm-hmm. apparently you're in control. So um, I think if you're afraid, you're probably in a good spot and mm-hmm. you're in a great place to trust God and move forward uh, holding his hand. And so that's, that's my favorite definition of courage actually is it's courage is me trusting God and walking through my fear to do what he's put in my heart to do. So that would be my, my encouragement is don't shame those fears and insecurities, but, but see them probably as the entry points and the doorways into what God wants to do through you as a coach. So good. Brandon. Yeah, you know, I think my uh, one of my focuses this year has been to have an abundant mindset and not a scarcity mindset. Um, I went through. Uh, I guess I'm gonna. I'll bring up Story Brand again, but I went through a hero on a journey uh, course with them, and it just kind of wrote out what's the ten year plan, five year plan, one year plan. You write your obituary, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so in my obituary, I wrote that I want like who I wanted to be remembered as. And, um, I want to be remembered as someone that has an abundant mindset that, Mm. that there is enough. And I think, uh, if we look at scripture, there's always been enough there, there, Mm. when you get stuck in the lack, that's when the fear, the shame, all of that stuff starts to set in. And I think if we can, uh, approach things that way. So if you're approaching something and you're feeling that tug of coaching, 
and you're going, well, I, I don't have this. I don't have the money. I don't have this. I don't, I, whatever it is. I think those are good clues to say, maybe it's time to step into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and say, you know what, uh, fear, you don't get to decide this one. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I just, I've been really trying to do that and live abundantly and know that when you, when you take the step, when you move forward in that, you were always met with provision. Mm-hmm. And, um, that has been a very big comfort for me. Beth, can I add one more thing just to honor you guys? Like, I think if you're wrestling in the question and indecision, that's so normal. And what I love mm-hmm. about you and your team at your Enneagram coach is, you know, as coaches, we can't possibly know what's best for somebody, but we can help them find the answer to that. And so I would say engage with the team, you know, hop on a webinar, ask your question, you know, bring other people into the journey with you. You know, it takes a village. And so don't try to do it in isolation, but use the resources that you guys provide, ask the questions and to find the answer that you need for you. So your team is so wonderful that, you know, you're not going to be pressured or persuaded to do something you don't want to do. You know, they'll, everybody at any touch point will help you make that decision for what's best Mm. for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're all about what God is calling you to. So yeah, we're here. We're here for you guys. Mm -hmm. If anyone has questions about the course and the uh, certification program, you can always email us at info at your Enneagram coach.com. But hey, guys, I'm just so thankful for you sharing what God is doing in and through you and the results. Um, Can you just let people know where they can find you? Um, I just want to make sure that you know, because hey, you guys are incredible coaches. That's why we have you on here. Um, So tell um, everyone where they can find you and we'll put this in the show notes as well. Uh, yeah. So, uh, aim and anchor coaching.com aim and anchor coaching on Instagram. I'm on the TikToks. Uh, there's no dancing on TikTok uh, for me specifically. So if that's what you're looking for, I don't produce that kind of content. Uh, but, uh, and, uh, all of my contact info is on the site there. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been fun to be with you guys today. Thanks. Oh, great. Danielle, what about you? Yeah, so I'm at Vocare Coaching, and that's V-O-C-A-R-E Coaching.com. And Vocare actually means to call. And so my passion is to call people to their dreams mm. and to who God has created them to be. Um, so you can find me on Instagram, Vocare Coaching, um, at my website, and then part of the YEC network. That's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, I'll, I'll round us out. So you can touch base with me at Adam at your Enneagram um, Or I would strongly encourage you to, to visit my Enneagram And you can obviously search and find my profile or you can find any of our certified coaches in the network who would be happy to connect with you if you're looking for a coach. So again, that's yeah, go to my and you can search for me. You can find uh, all kinds of coaches uh, all over, all types mm-hmm. who specialize in, in, you know, various specialties. So, yeah, check us, check me out there. Well, thanks again to all of you for stewarding your story for the mm-hmm. sake of others, and to bring great honor to God as trophies of grace, but also to be instruments of His grace in the lives of other people. So, thank you for uh, for your faith working itself out in love. Well, friends, thanks again for joining us, and um, we look forward to having you again on our uh, future podcast as we continue to talk about coaching and uh, using the Enneagram as a tool for uh, experiencing the kind of change that we all desire. 
So remember, the Enneagram reveals your need for Jesus, not your need to work harder. It's the gospel that transforms us. 